Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell. And today I have such a pleasure to introduce to you our very special guest, Anna Reichenbach. Anna has been committed to fostering community for 22 years, first through pioneering the modern hoop dance movement, and now through sharing her heart and presence in the realm of authentic relating, blogging, vlogging, and hosting transformational retreats across the world. Having been an explorer of hidden worlds since she was a child, a natural mystic and lover of all beings, Anna loves nothing more than to revel in expressions of inner truths with other humans on the journey of life. Her mission is to foster authenticity, depth, and healing everywhere she walks with levity and frivolity not far behind. And I had the pleasure of meeting Anna in person at a new media summit probably two years ago now. And, you know, her presence in person is phenomenal. And we were lucky to be paired with one another to do this little eye gazing experience that was at the beginning of the New Media Summit. I was, I, it was like an immediate, oh, yes, yeah, Soul Sister is right here in front of me. And she is somebody who I just so admire and appreciate for her capacity to fully express herself and fully embody her wicked smartness. So welcome, Anna. I am so glad you're here. Wow. Thank you so much. I kind of forgot that I wrote that intro as you were reading it. I was like, oh yeah, that's who I am. Sweet. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. I, I listen to intros when I'm, on a, when I'm on a podcast as a guest myself. And sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I probably ought to fix that. And oh yeah, I need to add that. And oh yeah, I need to take that out. Or oh yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. love that. Well, Anna, I love you so much. Oh, and I love you too. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, so lovely to spend this time with you. So lovely to spend this time together. And the first thing I want to, uh, I just really want to honor you for being hmm. a pioneer. Oh. And as I was approaching this interview, I was thinking about something that I've noticed recently, but you have embodied for 22 years. And that is that there has been an uprising in the last maybe 30 years or so of new archetypal ways of being and embodying in the world. And you mm. literally came to the planet to embody the hoop dancer, yeah. which like didn't <laughs> even exist before. And so to be a pioneer in that 
I just really want to honor you. And, and one of my part of my journey was to embody the empowered messenger, which is the messenger that is no longer repressed, depressed, or suppressed. So thank you for being somebody who came to embody a new archetype and one that has a levity and frivolity definitely incorporated into that. So I just want to start by honoring you for that. And I'd love if you would share with our listeners any of that story that you mm. would like to share that feels relevant to today's um, episode that we're creating together. Sure. Um, before I dive into that, I just have to have like a very slight correction. And that is that there have been people dancing with hoops for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So, and, and there's a little bit of controversy in the hoop dance community over whether or not we're allowed to call ourselves hoop dancers because Native Americans call themselves hoop dancers. So th that's a whole animal we're not going to get into. But in terms of the modern art of hoop dance, Yes, I've had well, why don't we call it hula hoop dance? <laughs> the modern art of hoop dance. I know yeah. it's a little wordy, but it yeah. is hoop dance. It could, yeah, it could be hula hoop dance. It's a new enough art form that there's still some like wiggle room in what people are calling it. Mm -hmm. um, but just so I give like proper props to, you know, the other hoop dancers uh, on the planet, you know, there's, and it's been a tradition in different ways for a long time. That being said, in terms of kind of more modern, like if you go to a nightclub and you see people dancing, throw a hoop on it. And that's the archetype that I have, you know, helped to pioneer. So mm -hmm. that did not exist before the kind of like get down gritty, like all out dancing, like you'd see anyone else dancing, but with a hoop on it, that's kind of the, the, the newer version of things. Mm -hmm. And I claim that absolutely. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, I was actually musing on that too um, in one of my more moments of confidence. I was like, wow, like I kind of helped create this like whole new kind of being in the world. How weird is that? Like, how cool is that that I get to have been such a big part of that? You know, that before I jumped in the hoop and took it to the nightclub and danced my ass off in it, that that kind of version of a person didn't exist. And like, I'm just like so excited that I got to, you know, have that little bit of a contribution to our culture. So yes, thank you for that honoring. It's something that I need to remember to do for myself more often. And it's so helpful to hear it from, from you. So thank you. Yeah, well, and and yes, we do definitely want to acknowledge the Native American and other Native and Indigenous hoop dancers. And yeah. this is a it is a completely different vibrational experience and visual experience. And it's more of a creative expression, mm. embodiment, and entertainment than it is the more ritual, which would yeah. have been in the indigenous uh, communities uh, form. So yeah. So well, what it says to me too, Anna, is that you were incredibly courageous Hmm. to, you know, just say yes to yourself and to be willing to play and then to also elevate yourself or be elevated. I think it's kind mm -hmm. of a combination of both into this leadership role. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe the trajectory of the journey. Like originally sure. you just jumped in, right? Yeah. And went to play by yourself. Yeah. But then everybody else was like, whoa, what's that? I want to play with that. I want to do that, right? Yeah. There's always like so many different places to start with this story, right? I think where I'll start is the first time I ever saw someone in a hula hoop. And that was at the High Sierra Music Festival. It was at a time in my life, I was 21 or 22, and I had 
kind of just coming off this long semi or or blatantly traumatic period of my life where I was doing, you know, too many recreational drugs, having sex with too many people that I should not have been having sex with, recreating all these patterns from my childhood and that I had witnessed from my parents and them being party years in the 80s and whatnot, and and just was feeling really lost and really just like, what the fuck is life for? I forgot to ask you, can we swear on your part? Oh, yeah, we've okay. already done it. There we go, right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just came out of your mouth right there. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I was in this in this mode of just feeling really lost and like I, you know, I had kind of exhausted all of uh, what I thought was my way to feeling joy and to feeling alive and to, you know, living into what an adult life that had pleasure and all these things that I witnessed all my life that were not available to me. I was like, okay, finally I'm an adult. I'm going to do all these things that were supposed to like make me happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of was like in almost like a midlife crisis, but in my twenties, like I had really fast tracked that whole experience. Mm -hmm. So I'm at this music festival. I'm feeling that kind of sense of just like, yeah, just really lost. And I see this woman from across the field with this giant hula hoop and she's not doing anything fancy at that time in the trajectory of modern hoop dance. Uh, it was really more in like the jam band scene and they mm -hmm. use these really big, like 45 inches or, or more hula hoops and you know, the full on like hippie style. Right. So mm -hmm. she just had it on her waist and it was like bluegrass music and she just looks so relaxed and like the bliss was just like pouring off of her being just the way that her body was moving. And I, you know, I love to dance, but there was something about the way her body was moving with a hoop that really just, it was like a shiny object, object in the distance that I couldn't stop looking at, you know? And there was something in my being that was just like, I need that. I need that. I didn't know. I don't even know what it is. I didn't know. I realized, realized I needed it before, but I need that, you know? So I went over there and there was a couple other hoops and I picked it up, you know, picked it up, tried it a couple times. It dropped a couple times and then it clicked and it didn't feel exactly like what I had witnessed <laughs> with her right away. But there was some feeling of the motion of the hoop on my body, like the sensation of the physical touch of the hoop and the way it called my body forth to move with it was like unlike anything I'd experienced ever before. And it brought up this childlike innocent, sensual joy that was almost like, it was like my native essence that had been so buried down that I'd forgotten what it was like to be me, you know? And it just came rushing into my body like all at once. And it was the most ecstatic I ever remembered being since I was a little, little itty bitty child, you know? So much so that I didn't stop hula hooping for five hours, literally. And I remember because someone asked me about four hours in like, you're amazing. They're like, you're amazing. How long have you been hooping? And I was like, four hours. They're like, no, no, like, you know, total. I was like, yeah, like four hours, you know, because <laughs> I was full on, like I was leaning back. I was jumping. I was just, I, I didn't stop for five hours. And it was all I could think about from then on, basically. Yeah. That was and, kind of like the big download. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a, an activation. It was like a divine, divine yeah. date. You made the divine date with the hoop. I, yeah. I actually had a similar activation 20 years ago when I went into my very first yoga class and I walked into the yoga class. And for me, the experience was at that point, I had been living a life that was just completely a, a freaking shit show. 
And for many, 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 many years, twice as long as you, right? <laughs> Before you had your awakening, it was twice as long as you. And, mm -hmm. and I walked into this yoga class and the woman at the front of the room, she, like the only thing I can say was she embodied peace. And in that moment, when I got the activation from her, her embodiment of peace, I was like, I don't care what I have to do. I don't care if I have to stand on my head. I don't care if I have to put my body into a pretzel. I don't care if I have to paint my toenails rainbow colors. I don't care what I have to do. I want that. So yeah. when something like that happens, it's super powerful. And I want to emphasize this for our listeners, that if you have that kind of an experience, the most important thing that you can do for yourself and for your future and for the planet is wholeheartedly say yes to whatever mm -hmm. that activation is because yeah. it doesn't happen often. And when it does, you want to catch that train right away. So we're already at the break. It's fast before wow, we get to, I know fast. it's quick. It's quick. <laughs> um, I'm actually cutting now because I know that if, if I ask you another question, we'll go it's way gonna, over. Yeah. So <laughs> I want to take the, the short break now, and then we'll have a leisurely time on the other side of the break. And right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are now downloading in 84 countries around the world, and we're welcoming thousands of downloads. We just found out that the show is in the top one and a half percent in the world across all podcasts at the current time that this is being recorded, that's top one and a half percent out of 2.4 something million podcasts. So we're celebrating that. And we want to shout out uh, this week to our listeners in Belgium, Sweden, and Malaysia. And we will be right back with Anna Reichenbach. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Anna. And before we went to the break, we were talking about that moment when you want to say yes. And so on this side of the break, we're going to talk a little bit about Anna's revolution and evolution, because <laughs> she said yes for 20 some odd years, and then she had to say no. And I also want to let you know where you can find out more about what Anna's up to now. So you can go to her website at deep 
deepandlight.com, D-E-E-P-A-N-D-L-I-G-H-T.com. We'll have that for you in the show notes. And there she is doing her work around authentic relating. And so I'd love to have you talk about the relationship you had with the hoop, the hoop dance community, the hoop dance movement, your role as a leader, and what happened that made you know that it was time to bring that phase of your journey to somewhat of a closure and to mm-hmm. open up the space for what you're doing now. Wow. We really only have like 15 minutes for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big question. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I'm trying to nutshell things now. Yeah. So the hoop, this is my read on my journey with the hoop from, you know, having come it's like 23 years now past, you know, the, this whole really significant part of my life is that ultimately it was all about connection. That the biggest thing that I was missing from my whole childhood and in that moment was a feeling of connection. And even though the hoop was not a person, it connected to me. It, it not only connected to me, it brought me forth into connection with this part of myself that I didn't even know had gone dormant. I literally didn't even know what it felt like to be me and to be alive anymore. It had been so buried and so dormant, right? So that's why the hoop stuck so much is I was like, oh, it brings me into this sense of being myself, which is delicious, right? And that it gave me this kind of safe place to work relationally with my own self. And more than that, even, it gave me this source to pleasure that kept me on this planet alive long enough to resource true healing. Mm. Had I not found the hoop, I don't know, honestly, if I had stuck around on this planet, if I would have stuck around on this planet long enough to find my healing Mm. because it was just so utterly painful, right? So the hoop healed me in some ways because it gave me this access to who I was. And, Mm. you know, we need that, right? Now, at some point after, you know, I'd been hooping and teaching and performing, traveling all over the world, creating an eco-responsible hula hoop and a teacher training and doing all these things, which were amazing and fantastic. Yeah. And America's Got Talent too, right? I was on America's Got Talent. (laughs) All the things. I I performed for Sting on his birthday in his living room. I mean, I lived a good life, right? (laughs) But I noticed that I still was in so much existential pain, like a lot of the time, unless Mm. I was in my hoop, right? That was like the only portal that I had to feeling like I was free from suffering. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like there has to be more, there has to be more, there has to be more. And so I just got to this point where I was like, okay, you know what? It is, the hoop has created this safe space for me to be. Maybe it's time to put the hoop down because all of this is about a lack of connection. And ultimately we need connection with each other. We need connection with other people. We need to learn how to be relationally with each other in a way that creates freedom and connection and, you know, that we can bring ourselves, our true selves forth in connection. And to be honest, that is still the hardest thing for me. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that as soon as I get into a relationship, almost immediately I stop being myself. Okay. So... (laughs) Get lost. You get lost in that. It's that deep. Okay. So my my challenge in this regard is is big. And that is why when I found the process and the practice of authentic relating, it was like all of the times I did ecstasy in a hot tub times 100 without the the repercussions, right? (laughs) 
Okay. It was like pure, like pure. Authentic relating essentially is a series of games and practices that you do with other people that is designed to show you how to be your true self, how to express your true self with others such in such a way that you can be heard and felt and you can hear and feel the other person. And even more, how to deal with conflict, mm -hmm. which is so difficult for most of us. Like no, most of us were not taught how to deal with conflict when we were kids, except for like share. It's a good idea to share. Like no, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> like conflict, you know, as soon as conflict happens, we either react or we head the other way. We avoid mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. So authentic relating gives us this opportunity to be with conflict, be with difference between mm -hmm. us and another person and stay. And it is so incredibly uncomfortable at first, but even that you learn to welcome because when you feel that level of discomfort, you know, you're on your edge of growth. And once you can develop a sense of safety in discomfort and conflict, then you can actually stay long enough for that growth to happen. And this sense of like your boundaries and who you are stretching and growing is just so addictive. Like you just get this sense of like you're expanding on this like nearly, you know, constant level. And for someone who likes to grow, <laughs> loves that, it's just, it is like the, the most incredible ecstasy. So yeah, yeah. I, that's essentially... What's yeah. happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happened. Well, there's there's so many. I mean, I, you and I could spend hours and hours and hours oh, yeah. talking. We, oh, yes. did yeah, we, we, yeah. we did in the hot tub. We did in the hot tub. And I mean, like I literally yes, could pr did. probably spend a year relating with you in the hot tub. Yeah. So I want to see where I want to go with this. And I <laughs> think where I want to go right now is I really want to talk about how you have consistently valued your vision. Mm and been unapologetic in saying yes to what connects you to you. Mm. So I'd love to have you, if, mm. if there's something from your authentic relating work that you do with people or something, you know, maybe left over from the hoop days or some combination mm. of both that you could offer to our listeners right now that would maybe give them just the littlest bit of momentum to spin their hoop a little bit um, <laughs> to yeah. say yes to themselves. What would that be? Oh gosh. Well, the, the, the most authentic answer is that I haven't been unapologetically myself all of the time that I have fallen off that wagon over and over and over and over again. Literally four days ago, I was in a total dark hole, like, oh, I have no purpose. What am I even doing this for? You know, this is just life, you know, that, that if you do not expect yourself to be on it all the time, you're going to have a much easier time that when you are in the mud to get back up. What I've learned really is that it, there is no constant upward trajectory. We're not robots. You know, we are human beings. We are divine beings. We're spiritual beings. We're spiraling most of the time. And sometimes that spiral, and this comes back to the hoop, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to find yourself in a place that looks almost exactly like what you thought you had left behind, but it's not. It's a little bit different enough that you still are moving forward, but all of your old patterns may be coming forth and trying to convince you that you are either going backwards or that you're stuck and all of those things that we convince ourselves of. And the best thing to do in those moments, and this is from authentic relating, is to remember to slow down. Mm -hmm. 
So it's literally just slow down even to a stop. And almost especially when you are trying to push yourself faster or harder or trying to get to that thing you think you need to get to, in those moments is when we need to slow down the most. Mm -hmm. So let me me just slow down. Let me stop. Let me take a few breaths. Mm. Let me feel into my heart. And those are the moments when you need to lean on the practices that you have built, you know, self-love practices. All of those practices, we all have them, right? We're all spiritually focused people. We've done this stuff. We've been in the trenches (laughs) for probably a long time. We know our practices. Mm. And in those times, those are the times that you need to lean on them the most. And they're the times that we least want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I I hear there, for those who are just newly awakening who might be listening to this, because there's a quite a possibility that we have some some newly awakening people slow down take mm-hmm. a few breaths yeah. and if you have any practice if you have any yeah. practice lean into that practice and if you don't have a practice now might be a good time to find one and yeah. that practice <laughs> that practice can be as simple as i take a daily walk it's my daily practice to take a walk or it's my daily practice to make a piece of art or it's my daily mm-hmm. practice to you know, do some some kind of meditation, or it's my daily practice, whatever it works for you that, you know, yeah. to work out in my garden, whatever that practice is for you. So those are the three things I heard there. Slow down, mm-hmm. take a nice breath, lean into any practice you might have. And if you don't have a practice, find some practice that you can begin to lean into. And maybe one of the practices is authentic relating, which... Anna can potentially help you with. So Anna, we've got about two and a half minutes left. Yeah, the f- I wanted to add to that what yeah. you were just saying. Yeah. So you may not even see this as a practice and, and to have a callback on the whole like lightness and frivolity part. Mm. One of the, the biggest, most impactful things that I can ever do for myself in those moments where everything seems dark is like, I, I call it like a sh- just changing the channel. And that is turning on music and dancing like a complete fool. Like literally make yourself laugh at yourself. And that is enough to just kind of like shift very often to shift whatever zone you're in to at least make you feel a little bit better. You may not be like dancing on the rooftops, but it doesn't matter. It's just like, you know, putting on the brakes to that zone you're in and just starting to climb back up just a little bit. So whatever that is, that could be dancing, that could be making it some tea, you know, like Angel was saying, like, you know, taking a walk, like whatever that is, petting your dog, whatever it is that makes you feel a tiny bit better, you just do that. Mm, Beautiful. Well, in the last minute, is there anything else that you would like to offer to our listeners about authentic relating or potentially working with you, Anna? My cat is determined to be a part of this. I yeah. thought I put him upstairs, but apparently I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hi, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, if anyone has any questions about anything or if they're having a moment, I'm hundred percent available. You can come to my website and send me a message and, you know, I respond to every email that I get and, you know, we're human, we're in this life together and just do your best. You know, mm. we're never going to be perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Even well, if you're doing your worst, do your best. <laughs> exactly. And when you're doing your worst uh, or when you're in those worst moments, yeah. like that's one of my practices lately is I just keep going back to myself and in prior times when any kind of like resentment or regret 
starts to bubble up, I say, well, you were just doing the best that you could with what you had in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And placing your hands on your heart is Mm -hmm. like one of those things, like we are so intrinsically connected to what our physiology is doing that Mm -hmm. simply putting your hands on your heart while you're taking those few deep breaths can change your state so rapidly. It's, it's incredible. Tears may come, like let Mm -hmm. them, let it roll. You know, that when we repress what we're feeling, that's when we really start to suffer. So Mm -hmm. pain can actually be bearable. The suffering is, is, optional. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, beautiful, Anna, thank you so much for being with us today. And I am so grateful for you just showing up and shining and being deep and light at the same time. That's right. That's me. (laughs) All right, listeners, we love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.